guys, what is up? It is Sarah G. It is Gen Z Gap. Let's get into it. So this week, we have to celebrate other people's differences, and let's start off with a new one, a big one, from, you know, American Idol, Iman, I am, Dongai, Tongi, I don't know if I pronounced it right, but I did two different ways, and I'm sure they're incorrect on both ends, and I'm deeply sorry. But can we acknowledge that he's one of the first Pacifica people, and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, all of that is... Coming to a close, aside from that, just let's celebrate the underdogs. And while it sounds like I am very amped up this week, it is because we all know that freaking Teachers Off-Duty podcast shit show that is going on. And let me just preface this. I am not being salty, stuck up, or anything. I am sick of the sheer entitlement. I am sick of bullies who were mean girls or boys or mean people in school that go into that profession just so they can have control over the kids all over again and make them feel small and little because a lot of people go into that profession so they can have control. I've seen it in my own personal life and it sucks. And let me just say one thing. I was in private school. There is a lot of stuff going on that's different, and I understand, and I feel it. And yes, I did not have IEPs. I would have probably hated it just because, but no, I now understand, and I understand how kids can also hurt, abuse their IEP, but the kid is usually not the problem. It is the parent, the teacher, all of that. But also, you do not get to complain about your student like that openly. Do not care on a podcast. You do not get to belittle them. You do not get to say what their feelings do because you say you're a mental health advocate until you're not. So yeah, I'm just really, really frustrated right now. And people commenting to me, I can't accept an apology. I'm being too harsh. No, these are the type of entitled bratty people that have gotten their way their whole life, who have been the queen, the kings of the castle, and who have never experienced any type of criticism. They are the people that are criticizing everyone else, bullying everyone else, telling everyone else how to live their freaking life. And 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 that is not gonna what fly with me it's not okay like i know people are gonna be like ooh, what? she's over dramatic no 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 and yes i can forgive and forget for a lot of things but no 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 no. not everything deserves forgiveness just saying you tried and moved on but i can see through your fake ass apology your faux apology i see right through it i see right through it it you and the you are making me almost agree with Megan Trainer because of how bad your takes are on teachers off duty. The fact that your apology is giving the same viewpoint back. The fact that parents, IEPs, etc., have called you out and you still are not taking accountability. There are a few teachers that really are not being complacent in this whole thing, really willing to learn and listen to you. But there are very few, and that's what bothers me. And I know, I know, I'm being really fast talking, really annoyed, really amped up, 
and a lot of people are now hate listening, hate watching my podcast. Okay, thank you for that. I know that you guys can, you know, give me more hate, send more hate my way, and say, you know, I'm not very good at whatever. Hey, at least I don't have a big production team. I don't have a lot of money, but I do this week in and week out. This is my 55th episode. I produce it all on my own. I work and do it all on my own. I might not have commercials, which I think is actually a good bonus. So you don't have to hear other people trying to sell you something that take up half of the episode, right? But I do not stand entitlement entitlement is from the beginning of we are special to our parents but we are not that special in the world and yes i know people are gonna say that is awful to say no it's true and it's great and these type of teachers these entitled teachers lauren gabe and the old guy i know i should know his name but they have been nothing but giving off shit and entitlement and very much annoying like privileged takes and notice that they're all yes i'm white but they're all white who have never stepped outside of like the premises of life and their sketchiness with how they say it's just a joke i haven't trusted since they kicked off the person who started it now did i still follow yes because i wanted to see what was going on and the more I see of the flashy, the marketing, the I'm so perfect, just the commenting, etc., it is not giving good vibes anymore. Okay? I cannot handle it. And you know what? It's like a lot of people, they went from, you know, their regular job to now being an influencer. So... Yeah, it went from being talking about great moments, you know, and good things to advocate for better help on teachers. There are so many good teachers to follow that aren't like this and that talk about the issues at hand. There are teachers that are standing up for their students, but this isn't it. And this is just giving off very privileged and I know I will be speaking a lot right now about my ADHD and how I got confused about social stuff, whatever, anxiety, hitting, missing, and then I'd say I knew about this, then say this stuff, then whatever. And then, you know, I always be backtracking, and that's not fun either. And, you know, trying to cover up and now never feeling enough because of the stupidity that I did with not knowing ADHD. And you know what? There are some stories I will never tell again. There are some stories that I hope teachers don't tell. There are teachers that are like parents who overshare. But the thing is, the difference between parents need to know better than to share a bunch of stuff about their kids. But the teachers actually have no legal right really over that kid. Like, unless it's in the school time. But they should have no right about speaking about a kid they shouldn't. They shouldn't be speaking about a kid that isn't theirs, that's going through maybe a traumatic time, that doesn't know how to control their emotions yet because their brain is still developing. I just turned 25. My brain just stopped kind of developing. Yeah. I'm just so frustrated right now. I went to therapy. I did a bunch of things to try to help my dyslexia and my ADHD between physical therapy, 
and you know just i did like an eeg once like i've mentioned there is just so many things that go through that now i'm just starting to process okay School and friends never came easy to me. People did not always like me or people just decided to exclude me more and more. And that's what a lot of these teachers are giving off in their vibes, okay? That is what a lot of these teachers are telling, like, in the way that they preface things, in the way that they apologize for things. Some of them have never been held accountable a day in their life. So that is what's so frustrating. And then the ones that stood idly by, it really bothers me because I don't know how genuine some of them are anymore. But I will say Mr. Williams is the exception in this case because I don't want people to think that I just spent the whole last 40 minutes only complaining about what shit just went down here. No, I want people to know that <laughs> Mr. Williams he made a step in the right direction. He's reaching out to people. He is actually trying. Yes, I know he had an OnlyFans. Yes, I know he had some other things. But please, let's not just over-criticize everyone. And I know I'm not perfect. I've probably defended some people in the past that I probably shouldn't have. We all make mistakes, and I truly get that. There's a difference, though, between owning up to your mistake and then you thinking that you're still not in the wrong and you're sorry you got caught. I know that type of teacher. I am related to one. And yeah, they care about their students, but they're, the whole reason, and maybe some of it is based off of their own trauma, why they get into teaching is because of that. And I mentioned that earlier. But you cannot tell someone with ADHD and dyslexia who felt like they were gonna be a failure in the world, you cannot say that what they need is not needed or what they want is not acceptable. Or you can't just go around running your mouth making these former students of yours maybe feel awful all over again. Don't be your kid's first bully or worst bully. Like again, it's so sad to see that. And I'm just gonna say this, it's like, you guys aren't that much different than, like, any influencer in LA that has a podcast now. Yes, sold out. And some of that entitlement might have always existed, but the fact of the matter is that it only gets worse. And again, as I reflect on watching ADHD in media, etc., and why I get so mad all the time is because it's such a misunderstood thing. And for a lot of things as well, and I'm not going to speak too much on autism because it's not my area. I don't have a lot of experience with it, more ADHD. And just because I have ADHD and dyslexia does not make me an expert. Let's just start right there. But the problem is that, you know, we still look at autism as like a uh, end of the world thing, or we try to have more compassion or whatever, just the way that we go about it. Meanwhile, kids with ADHD, it's like they just need to try harder, which that is freaking bullshit. Like, let's start there. And by the way, I got terrified to fall in the line. I had to work my ass off to make sure. And I still felt like the dumbest kid in the room, even if teachers encouraged me. And yeah, they sometimes gave me extra time. But I remember 
clear as day and third grade was the first time that I learned that I was struggling with test scores and I know people are going to say those state things don't matter they really don't but it really hurts you know your self-esteem and they go on about that in a lot of projects and and exposing documentaries of what's going on in podcasts yes I get that but the problem is they say one thing and then contradict themselves constantly and I know again we're only human but I want you to go in the future to think about it and be like the teachers of Abbott Elementary be like the teacher Miss Honey okay I know I just listed fictional things but be more those than being the bitch bad teacher the parent that overshares the parent that like thinks that they're entitled to an extension of their child or you know the teacher being the extension the student being the extension of their self-worth all that stuff is freaking BS okay you guys just sit around and mope about your profession and I get it teachers need to be recognized way more again my Spanish teachers were a lot of the reason why I'm okay today Spanish was one of the few things that I could get through and feel good about because I was an audio learner because that's what ADHD does and even if I was dyslexic it didn't matter and before anyone says anything it's like this girl what doesn't she have wrong with her you know what I would rather be who I am weird and all than be someone that falls into line with everything again being typical is boring being typical has this I'm so much better than you vibe and it makes you feel like you have some sort of it makes you see that you have some sort of privilege over everyone else and it just makes you just one of those people in the world and I'm gonna talk quickly a little bit more and then I'm gonna move on to a TV show yes a TV show why because I want to and again let's support the writers WGA strong also just so you know you should follow SAGFRA right now so that you can know more on the details of their potential strike as well because I feel like there's not as much common stuff going around there and if you're a more underrated actor and a part of it you might want to look into it but again give writers what they deserve but what I was gonna say is that yes teachers deserve a lot of support and love and care and respect okay because a lot of them are leaving right now I get that but giving again kids a reason to think that they're not worthy enough is not it okay teaching I would never do because I don't have the patience and I don't want any kid to feel less than I can see that with some of these people now I'm going to tell you some things to look out for in ADHD girls hyperactive like I've said in the past you might not recognize it as much because girls are different than boys they just are now as I you can see I talk like a hundred miles a minute 
per hour, whatever. And then I get easily distracted and I can't sit still. Hypermobility is a big thing for both. And I think that people don't talk about that enough either. And that everyone's not convinced that they have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which I mean is also more common within the ADHD community. But I just wanted to say that you can also just be hypermobile by being ADHD. I was so klutzy growing up. And I realized lately that the physical therapy that I did growing up was actually helpful for my motion sickness because my dad has that imbalance. So let's go there quickly. But aside from that, college isn't the answer for everyone and I completely agree with that. But kids who are pushed into high achieving, we might not be the highest achieving, but we finish things and we push ourselves because we're in a system that's trying to break us. So now more, more things to look for in ADHD in girls is the daydreaming, the magical storytelling, the rapid anxiety thinking. There could be way more things I'm not even thinking of because executive dysfunction, obviously rejection sensitivity dysphoria, uh, sounds, sensory overload. Again, there are just so many things looking back that make way more sense for me as a diagnosis now and why I was way more hyperactive growing up than the combined that I am sitting right now talking to you two about. Now I'm still hyperactive. I didn't get on medication, the right medication, because people kept dismissing me. Now that I am 25, it took me till I was 23 to finally get on the right medicine and I just want every girl to know you are not alone this is not a bad thing and that the medicine can help now I know not everything is going to work magically not everything will be perfect but the medicine can help the medicine has helped me so much and I'm just so grateful for my medicine I'm so grateful that it's even though it seems like a later diagnosis that I finally understand instead of feeling like what is wrong with me now I can be like at least I know why my creative creativity comes out why I do so great in this creative mindset and again I just want you to know if your math sucks that's okay you don't need to be a rocket scientist the typical way of teaching and the typical way of some teachers mythology does not always work and if they seem to contradict yourself and you have that sense of justice it's okay just know that you're you're not the problem I want to emphasize I need to emphasize that I need you to see that and understand that because I need kids to realize they're not the problem because I've grown up so anxious and now I've ruined my metabolism and all that other stuff Hashimoto's living in fight or flight because of a lot of my ADHD stuff and I know I am not an expert I just wanted to speak from the heart for the last 20 minutes I have been going down a rain going down the rabbit hole speaking my mind like I always do obviously but where we cannot let some of these entitled people get away with it anymore. We cannot let people keep gaslighting us. We can have our voices heard, okay? ADHD, autism, dyslexia, anxiety, bipolar, all of those. Neurodivergence isn't a bad thing, okay? Saying that word isn't bad. We are not broken people. And before everyone says, God made us all unique, whatever, yeah, you say that as a way of kind of saying calm down. So anyway, I just wanted to say some things that have been weighing heavily on my shoulders about 
the recent events and why I need to hold people accountable because they probably never have been held accountable in their life before now. And I know people are only human. I know people are trying their best, but it's just so frustrating how we continually let people get away with apologies. And before you say anything, I understand I might have defended someone who might have given an apology that you didn't think was as sincere, but I have a feeling I can see through bullshit versus not. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I do try to give people more benefit of the doubt, and that burns me too. So excuse me if I already got bad vibes and I'm seeing it more. Also, before we get off here, I want to say that there is someone from Ukraine that's in Canada right now that gives off bad vibes, that's pretending to be a toddler, and the way that he talks, lots of people have talked about it, outspoken about it. There are a few ind indigenous creators that are really against him right now, and the fact that Native American women are going missing constantly, and he might play off of some of that as well. And the fact of the matter is that we just seem to not talk enough about it. And I know that that was really random for me to just hop in, but there you go. An ADHD moment of me where I want to talk about something very important, and I need to say it before I forget it. And you're right, I will edit things. I will pay attention to try to make sure that I don't put in something that I don't think is good. And by the way, I, again, do this all on my own. I spend hours upon hours. I don't stop to get sleep till at least 3 a.m. editing this stuff sometimes because people can say, oh, I bet it's an easy edit because it's just you. No, it's a hard edit because I'm trying to make sure that the audio, the video, everything looks good. Trying to make sure that, you know, everything is to the standard that I want. And that's what really frustrates me with a lot of these between TikToker, mommy bloggers, teacher, all those things, influencer type people, exploitative type people. I don't know what to explain really much more, but they have everything and they still can just say whatever the fuck they want and get away with it. They can do whatever they want and get away with it. Like people go, cancel culture so bad. No, the reason though that it's just more... We don't have time for this BS, okay? We do not have time for BS like this anymore. So no, just stop right there. The frat boy, the vlog squad vibe. You know what? No, we. that's what that some of that teachers off duty give. <laughs> that they have a great podcast now and that they can say and do whatever and we let everyone stay relevant, whatever. <laughs> And I know I'm becoming very redundant in the way that I speak. But again, I'm just so frustrated that people can just, they just can do whatever they want. They take and take and take from you as well. And, you know, I think it's just that sense of justice that I have that I'm being very annoyed by this right now. So let's move on to XO Kitty because I watched Two All the Boys I Loved Before and yes, uh... I've been through that trilogy, but weirdly enough, I like Exo Kitty more. And I know it's cringy. I know it's kind of a guilty pleasure show. I know it's kind of stupid and whatever, but I am team Mino all the way. Keep no, keep no all the way. And I want them together so badly. People are going to say what they're going to say to me. People are going to say, why the hell? And here's the thing. I can't give a lot of text answers like I want to without it going crazy. 
crazy. So if anybody was ever in my TikTok comments when I was trying to explain why, here are the deal. Day is just too too complacent, too compliant with a lot of things. These are how things work, and I know he does it to survive, but Day is just a better as a friend. Just the whole situation is not good. I don't feel like either of them can be themselves around each other, Kitty and him. Now let's go on to Yuri. Yuri and Kitty, i just rather see him like Eve and Gina with their sisterly vibes, best friend. I just would prefer that. I think one dream doesn't really mean much. Maybe it's more of a way to for her to explore her sexuality and understand coming of age. Maybe she's still more straight. I don't know. Who knows? And people are going to say, why do you say it like that? She just had one dream, and yes, and then she instantly fell in love with Yuri. And I don't know if that's really a thing, like, as much as TV tries to do it. And I mean, I have nothing against her being with, you know, even, like, a separate, a different girl. I just meant that I don't think that she should be with Yuri. I think that they should just be close friends, like her and Day. Now, why do I love her and Minu together? Why do I like her and Mino together? Why do I like them together so much? Because they can be themselves around each other. Because she can call him out on his BS and they can make each other better, okay? He gives her power on a sense of he gives her a reason to stand up for herself more. He gives her ways of learning about her culture. He's been really good about teaching her about Korean culture. And again, their fighting back and forth can work really well. And it's not fighting enemies to lovers thing. It's way more, they always had mutual friend stuff, but it's frenemy kind of thing. And it just seems like she can see the real Mino. And Mino, he even went on coach for her. And I know that sounds stupid and really dumb at the end but that's why I like those two together the most. They feel the most organic. They don't feel like they fell in love with each other overnight. People can say, oh, she just, she didn't realize he was really an option. But I mean, he figured out she didn't like mayonnaise and he was just very much paying attention to all her little things. He knew when Professor Lee didn't really like her and she didn't really like him. And even though he was more trying to run away from Maddie, even though that was a separate thing, he went and sat by Lee. There's a lot of moments, but especially in the Shuska, Shuska um, episode, it was very good to think about it and understand more that comes with it. Obviously, I love... <laughs> her relationship with Q. Q and her are the perfect platonic soulmate friend stuff going on. And I love that even Mino and Q were the ones that were like, really like, you can't live there anymore with the streaming going on all the time. Uh, do I hope that Q's boyfriend gets kicked out? Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I do. Because the way that he, <laughs> Kitty gets in trouble, even though they were doing it, in a way where her living with Q actually is like her living with another girl because and I know I shouldn't get into that because of the reality thing but my point is Yuri was right at the end where she's like are the boys getting in trouble no they're not so why should Kitty get in trouble Juliana gives me bad vibes I feel just really weird about her I hope that she's redemption arced more but she just feels very controlling and very sus and I hope, you know, just that everything is more of a friend than, you know, falling in love, triangle, kitty, this, that, all that stuff, because that's been overused. 
but yes aside from all of that it's just been very interesting to see the development even though it was only 10 episodes but just to see all of these little moments especially though i would like to see more of mr lee and kitty next season explore more what his connection to her mom was because kitty's like he hates me but then the minute that he finds out about the necklace the symbol some all that stuff he, you start to see like little moments of his like oh wow no i was friends with her mom oh my gosh now this makes sense all this behavior stuff she does it's so much like her mom like principal Lim said she's a lot like her mom and she wanted to be connected to her mom more and i just think it's a very beautiful send-off especially at the end with how much stuff is going on there so am i hopeful there's a season two yes do i hope that they expand and have more episodes a hundred percent do what you hope it's like that 90s show yes where you get a little more information to kind of go with the backstories and more episodes yeah i've also been re-watching house and to tell you the truth i'm kind of glad i'm re-watching it because i miss out so many things and you begin to see he's never wrong but you also see what people go he's antisocial all this stuff but he's still you know cuddy and him were the best i'm just gonna say i really was upset that you know she wasn't involved in season eight i doubt they'll do a reboot because they had that finale be like everybody dies but who knows you know you never know hopefully something might come of it i don't really you know but i saw an interview with hugh laurie recently and he you know messing up from his english scottish accent because his parents were scottish so he was and he was english but he had both accents down growing up around it you know what i mean and he talked about whenever he made like a joke or you know said the wrong accent he's like i'm not from here and the fact that he did such a beautiful job with his american accent aside like he just there's no one else that could play house like and you know he's a very interesting character like again the fact that you have so many like feelings around him the team everyone's specialized but you just you wouldn't have really thought like how much could it be so unique and interesting because again when it first came out i was so young i couldn't really watch it and then i binge watched the whole thing quarantine and then a little bit during quarantine and then now and it's just this is my third rewatch and you know you're watching the highlight episodes more now and your brain goes wow i don't remember this happening this is yeah no wonder this is like one of the top 10 episodes and foreman still gets on my nerves i don't know why but he just does cameron chase all of them i just i love the original diagnostic team but do I really like that Chase stayed through the whole thing? Uh-huh. And I know that I say uh-huh a lot and all those fun things, but it's just because not even that I'm trying to be articulate and clear and maybe sounding correct. I just don't have time to try to sound perfect and smart all the time. That's not what a podcast is for. And yes, I know I just made a contradictory statement. But what I'm trying to get from it, what I think everyone should know is that you don't have to be 100% perfect, but if you don't like a line, you should take it out. You have time, you have edits, you have people to help you out. 
90% of the time and it's okay to, you know, take something out because if you've reflected on it instead of, you know, just letting it be. And again, House is unapologetically him, but you do realize he has a moral compass. He actually does care about children. He cares about a lot of things. And, you know, he does what needs to be done and again he really does try to be correct he just he doesn't do everything the most correct way he breaks the rules but when it comes down to a lot of other things he really does not care what your life orientation etc is and that's what i really like about him he embodies just the don't give a shit kind of attitude but while caring and i know that sounds really messed up and really confusing because let's face it, it it is. But I think like one of the things that you can take away from watching this is that he cares, but he doesn't care so much that it like throws everything off. Besides the fact that he's a genius who thinks outside of the box and <laughs> never assume that it's lupus. <laughs> so yeah, that has just been some <laughs> you know, eye-opening experience that we all just had. This has been a lot of Sarah just rambling on, ranting about a lot of the same old stuff. But you know what? For the first time in a few weeks, I feel, or months even, months, not weeks, months, I felt something reignited in me, like willing to have a lot more of you know, purpose, a way of talking and feeling, which is kind of the thing, but my passion just feels back for a moment, and it feels good. It feels good because I have been stuck in this rut, and I talk about it a lot, where I do think I do need a break, and I don't know when I'll be back per se, like I might do another five episodes and then take a two-week break, and or am I not come back? I don't know. I have a new job as well. And it's being a part-time consultant. And I just, I want to just prepare people in case you suddenly see that I'm not here on Mondays. And I had a discussion before we sign off for this week's episode. I had a discussion with my mom and I talk a lot to her. And again, the things that I listed earlier might have seemed like I was bragging like or whatever. I just want to tell people I feel imposter syndrome constantly. I feel like a failure constantly, especially when I try to get this podcast done. I do meet the deadline. That is a success. I do produce. I do edit. I do put a lot into it. But it's what I'm getting out of it. And I just thought by now I'd have at least a rating, a comment on iTunes. I just feel like... I'd have more followers, and I get it. I just don't have a big enough group. And I know it's not about that, but my mom and I look at things differently. I guess I look at it more depressed and half empty, anxious, because, yeah, me. And she does things half full, and I think that it's very unique to have that perspective. And I think that's kind of like house's group and even kitty against other people like mino so yeah i just thought kitty and mino yeah so kitty and mino are kind of that where she's so positive happy energy energizer bunny kind of like house and his members some of them especially cameron and house versus yeah she's kind of that bright and shiny person even it's like christina against izzy or christina against lexi 
yeah, she made it an episode, almost a whole episode without talking about Grace. But where I was at it, it was that she told me to try to look at it that I've made 55 episodes. I've stayed consistent. I've made sure to make the deadline. I've made sure to, you know, edit, make sure things sound right, you know, continually put things out there. And people put that into small businesses, and businesses don't always make a profit. There are millions of podcasts out there. There are a lot that fail, and the average podcast is 174 days. I have made it six months longer. So, yes, I should be happy. But, again, because I am a depressing glass-half-empty person, I look at it as I've been doing this for a year, almost two—well, not no. We're on year two. We're going into year two, but we've done this for a whole year, and I haven't ever really reached over 100 listens in a week. I haven't gotten any sponsorships. I haven't gotten a huge following from it, but then I realized that, you know, I'm contradicting myself, and that's always fun to kind of reflect. As more time goes on, I hope that we can all consider maybe like where we might want to look and live in the moment, but not just look at a moment. That was a conversation too I had last night because I'm taping this on Tuesday because I've had a busy week. I'll have a busy week, so we need to get some stuff going. But my whole thing about it is that living in the moment is staying in the present, staying positive, having the attitude in the energy. Looking at a moment, at this moment, I feel like my life is in shambles like many other 20-something-year-old. And I don't see it like being a success. This podcast, in a lot of ways, hasn't been that successful. And that is a fact. And I'm not trying to get down on myself. I'm trying to be practical and show people things. And especially because I think I got triggered because here's the thing. I love writers. Like I said, always support it. But I saw some picket fence that said, don't make me start a weekly podcast. Podcast. And I already know that they'd be more successful than me, and that's fine. And I just want to say, though, that success has different layers, different feelings, whatever. And that not everyone's going to say that you're not successful. Not everyone's going to say you are successful. And basically, you should just measure your success with, you know, the little goals that you've made. And I am going to be working on that from here on out. So, I mean, once I get to episode 60, then that would be season two, episode 30, over, like I did with the last one. And then I took a two-week break, or maybe I'll just stop. And the only reason that I'm being this transparent with you is because I had a calling last year. I thought, you know, that, and I didn't think it would be big, 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 big success, but I just, I thought I might have more than I did. And that's okay, too. You learn, you live, you get through things. That's the trial and tribulations of your 20s. And that's, I think, why I created this podcast. And I say that a lot. And I know it gets repeated, but I just want you to know that, you know, I have to constantly reflect and repeat in order to get somewhere. And I know that that sounds scary, stupid, and repetitive, which it all is. But, you know, as more time goes on, I see myself growing 
and I see myself finding other things that I become passionate about and that I am still going to try because I have been like I said, told my whole life, if I can't do something, I go and try and do it. Because when I was told, like, maybe I might not be as successful, or that I couldn't get into said group level, higher level, I just took that pain of feeling it worthless and drove it up so that I could finish. I'm hardworking and I am persistent. So even if something fails, I'll try again. And that's all you need to do. And I know it sounds very cliche. I know it sounds very confusing. I know that my words are all over the place. But just know that you're not alone. You're not you're not failing. And even if you feel like failing, just take a deep breath and try again tomorrow. Not everything's going to go smoothly, especially if you're like me. There are a ton of bumps and bruises, but you won't let something defeat you. You just try it again in a different way, or you move on from it because you learn that you might not be the best person for this, but that's okay. You have another talent. So I know as it got philosophical at the end, wow, I can't keep up with my voice lately, but I know as it got philosophical at the end, just know, keep trying. It's okay not to forgive. It's okay not to forget. It's okay to feel defeated. It's okay to have feelings, and it's amazing to be neurodivergent. So this has been episode 55 of Gen Z Gab, and we will see you soon. Bye.